Hi, and welcome to the podcast, Aligned with Paige Schmidt, helping you to become the you you want to be and feel calm while becoming her. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you and continue our conversation around body image. As you probably know and have probably heard in Aligned Coaching, my coaching program where I do all of my coaching today, we are working through a course called Better Body Image, and our main mission with the course is to move into a place of body care and away from the place of body control. So today on the podcast, I want to talk a little bit about what that means, what is the difference between body care and body control, why it's important, and even touch a little bit on self-control and is self-control important to have? Should we entirely get rid of self-control? And what does it look like to focus on body care, on self-care? versus that self-control piece. So first, let's talk about what is body care. So I just think of this as the way we care for our bodies. So I want you to think of what you do all day, every day to care for your body, the things that leave you feeling good. There's lots of little things that you might not think of. You brush your teeth you maybe floss, you brush your hair, you put clothes on each day, you move your body, you feed her, you sleep. When you're sick or you're not feeling well, you do things to care for her and nurture her back to health. Well, in this light of talking about body image, When we talk about body care, we're talking about the same type of things, the same kind of nurturing ourselves back to health, nurturing ourselves to a place of feeling good so that we can have energy. We can create a memorable life one day that we'll look back on being thankful for the way that we lived it. Instead of looking back and regretting that we spent years just trying to control ourselves, feeling like we weren't good enough. So you may have heard part of my story before about the time I was sitting in my counselor's office and she said to me, I had, I had gone to her to work on this body image and food piece. I was feeling so obsessed with food and my body in a way that just left me focused on both of those things all of the time. And I wanted to clear space in my brain. Just imagine taking a broom to my brain and sweeping away all of the thoughts on food and my body. That is what I wanted. I wanted to create space to focus on things that actually mattered to me, to focus on things that actually brought me joy And things that I valued so that I could feel happy each day instead of feeling consumed each day by thoughts that just didn't feel good. So she said to me that day in her office, I was only about 
19 years old. And she said, I want you to know that if you don't choose to start working on these things now, and you don't choose to improve these things now, you will still be coming to me when you are 65 and you will still have the same issues, the same thoughts about your body, the same thoughts about food. So in other words, if I decided to continue to try and control myself and my weight and my body the way that I was through food and exercise, I would just continue those habits all the way until I was 65 plus older, right? She said this to me to really let me see that this isn't something that just goes away on its own. So in that moment, I was just thinking of how is this affecting me right now, but I wasn't seeing the big picture. I wasn't really recognizing that if I don't actually change this and go a different route, try something new, try something different, let go of all these obsessive controls, I will actually still be dealing with this when I'm 65. So from that point, 65 would have been 45 years later. Did I want to spend the next 45 years dieting and controlling my body the way that I had been right then, right there in that moment? Did I want to do that? No, I did not want to do that because even though I was succeeding somewhat on keeping my body at a low weight, and let me be clear, I was succeeding at keeping my body at a low weight, but it was like a low weight range. So it wasn't just keeping my body at its lowest weight and every single day she weighed that much. It would be keeping my body at a low weight range, but every day she, my body was fluctuating, which doesn't sound like a big deal until you are someone who feels obsessed with your weight. Then even those three to five to eight to 10, 15 pound fluctuations trigger you so much to become even more obsessed. So it's this awful cycle. If you've ever lost and gained weight, you know what I'm talking about. Well, I knew in that moment, okay, if what I'm doing already has me succeeding at somewhat controlling my weight and in the back of my mind, I'm telling myself that I need to be thin. I need to be skinny to be happy. And I'm sitting here in this counselor's office telling her how unhappy I am doing this, then no, I don't want to keep doing this, to keep seeking happiness, to keep seeking satisfaction in this way that I have been in this way of, I'm going to control my body and be as thin as I can so that I can have satisfaction and be happy. It clearly wasn't working. So I decided right then and there that I wanted to try a different way. And there wasn't just a one size fits all formula. It wasn't like she handed me a diet plan. It was really about shifting my thoughts, shifting my values, learning new perspectives. And that's exactly the kind of thing that I teach and coach my own clients around. It's not just handing them a new plan that says, here's your six steps to better body image. It's really challenging their thoughts. If you're not challenging yourself, you're not changing yourself. So if you want to change your body image and improve it, you need to put yourself in an environment where you are challenging yourself. You're 
changing your thoughts. You're changing the way you daily think about things. You're getting new perspectives. So the why of why it's so important to focus on body care versus body control is because of what it results in, in your life. Today, I focus solely on body care and not body control. What this does for me is allows me to give all of my most precious energy, let's call it. And I say precious because all of us have a finite amount of time in each day, right? And then with that, we have areas of our life where our time automatically goes, maybe work, um, taking care of kids, uh, showering, (laughs) right? And we have to decide the rest of our time, any of our free time, the time outside of work, where do we want to put our energy? And so today I'm able to intentionally put my energy to, to give my energy to the places that I want to give it. My energy gets to be in alignment with my values and my values are the things that actually result in mega joy in my life. I would say I live an extremely joyful life, meaning most days feel pretty darn good. Most things in my life, I'm able to have a perspective on that feel pretty darn good. And I love that. And within that, like I talk about in every every other episode, there are hard things, but my perspective on those hard things, I'm grateful to have that perspective. I personally feel like my perspectives on things feel really good. And that comes from doing a lot of thought work and a lot of this work, choosing to come from a place of care because I want to feel good, because I know what I like to think about, what I like my days to look like, what I like my life to look like, how I like to feel. So the why that this is so important to focus on body care to me is because when you can turn down the volume on body control, the obsessive thoughts you have about your body, controlling your weight, controlling your size, controlling your exercise, controlling your food, being really meticulous in all of it to an extent to where it's soaking up all that space in your day around work and caring for your kids and taking your shower, you're so much more able to live that intentional life that actually results in joy when you turn the control down and you turn the care up. So that is why for me, it is so valuable to spend this time and invest this energy in teaching and also doing the work myself on how can I focus more on body care versus body control. So body control, like I said, looks like doing things that take a lot of energy to control the size of your body. So I heard someone say once that you will know your natural weight, your set point weight, whatever you want to call it 
because you will be living the life that you want to live, the life that feels good for you, that feels calm, that feels neutral. Now, they didn't say it in exactly this way, but now this is my way of saying it. A life that feels good, a life that feels calm, neutral, food feels relaxing to you. It feels easy. It doesn't feel like something that is all consuming. If you're hungry, you eat and you eat what sounds and feels good. If you feel the need to move your body, if you want to move your body, you move her. If daily movement feels good, you're doing that, but you're doing it because you know how good it leaves you feeling and you want to do it. It's not from a place of, I have to do this thing. I have to exercise this amount. I have to exercise for this amount of time. I have to walk this many miles because if I do, it will result in losing this much weight in becoming this body size. And then I will be happy. And then I will be fulfilled in my body. The difference is there's no math involved. You're just thinking about what do I like? What makes me feel good? What makes me happy? And you're making more decisions from that place. So let me give you a couple of examples. One example is running. I used to want to be a runner all the time. I would always think to myself, I would love to be a runner. It would just be so cool if I could run all the time and if I loved it. And what would happen is I would see people running. Let's say I was out on a walk at a beach boardwalk and I saw someone running and they looked happy. They would catch my attention. They would capture my attention so much that I could feel something when I saw them running. This feeling of I want that. Not a feeling of jealousy, more of a feeling of inspiration and not a feeling of, oh, wouldn't it be nice to like running? Nothing like that. It was this feeling of when I saw them running, something lit up inside me and I felt like I want that. But the difference is when I was in a place of control, there was also this attachment to, I want that so that I can control the size of my body. I want that because it would probably make me smaller. And so now I'm going to come up with a plan to run 2.3 miles every single day, you know, five days a week, maybe, um, all five days, every single week have to be super consistent, has to be 2.3 miles, has to be under this, you know, amount of time. I'm going to track it, write it down. And then if I would go for that run and it wasn't 2.3 miles, or if it didn't happen in this amount of time, or if I didn't hit the amount of days that I said I would, I wasn't proud of myself. I wasn't like, good job. You went for a run today. You moved your body. I was like, oh, that wasn't good enough. That wasn't quite fast enough. That wasn't quite far enough. I could have kept running, you know, and on this stretch, I shouldn't have stopped there. I shouldn't have walked. It was always not good enough or could be better. And let's say it was a fast run and I went a little farther than 2.3 miles. Then there was this sense of overpraise where it was like, oh my gosh, that was good. See now that there you did a good job. But what that did is it made every other run have this different level of expectation that I needed to hit. Otherwise, 
that wasn't good enough. So everything became this kind of comparison with myself and it really didn't leave me feeling fulfilled, which would then result in eventually after a few weeks, giving up running and saying to myself, why did I think I would like this? I don't like this at all. I'm just not a runner right? But then I'd be on the beach boardwalk again, see someone running. They looked like they enjoyed it and something would light up inside me. So I had this thing where I would be lit up when I'd see people, but then I'd try to start running and I never enjoyed it quite as much as I thought I would. And that was all because of control. It was all because of the language that was behind it, the intentions that were behind the wanting to run. If you're looking to improve the way you see your body, think about your body, and care for your body, come join us in Aligned Coaching. For the next few months, we'll be working through a new course called Better Body Image. This course will help you improve the way you see your body. It will help you prioritize caring for her in a way that lasts, and it will forever improve your body image. So years later, as of recording this episode, it's 2021 and I started running and loving it in, I think it was 2019. I want to say 2018 or 2019, but let's go with 2019. I think that was right. So like a year and a half, two years ago. And what was different is I was now coming from a place of body care. So I recognized when I see people running, something lights up inside me and I really want to do it, but I've never been able to do it because I'm always coming from this place of control. It's so rigid. And I knew at this point that that rigidity does not work for me. It's never sustainable and it always sucks the fun out of things. So I decided to approach it differently this time. When I started running, I was already in the habit of taking Abby, my dog, for a daily walk. So instead of creating this new plan where I had to run this distance and this amount of time, this many days a week, all I said to myself is go for your daily walk with Abby. And if on that walk, even if it's for 13 feet, (laughs) this is literally how I thought about it, you decide to run fantastic. You can think to yourself, awesome job. I went for a run today. That felt good. Even if I went for a two mile walk and the only distance that I ran within that two miles was 13 feet or to the end of the street where the stop sign was, it did not matter how much I ran. If on that walk, I ran for any distance at all because I just knew I could and I did it, that got to be my run for the day. That was how I started running. That was how I started allowing running to be a fun thing for me. And oh my gosh, did it become fun. It became something that I loved and I craved and that I can't even describe the endorphins that it gives me. It's so fun. I completely love it and I do it because it's fun and it feels so good. And yes, it also makes my body feel good and strong and able. And when I'm running and I get that really clean sweat feeling, like I've just sweat out things in my body and it feels so good. And I feel refreshed taking a shower afterwards. 
I love all of those benefits too. And I always make sure that I'm coming at a run from a place of body care, never control. I wrote a blog post within the last couple years of why I decided to get rid of my Apple watch. Now, Apple watches are not inherently bad. You can have an Apple watch and think completely fine thoughts about it, but I got an Apple watch thinking this will be cool. It'll show me my distance. It'll let me know what time it is. I got the one with cell service so that I didn't have to carry my phone. I could listen to music. All of that sounded great. But when I got it, what I noticed happening for me is I kept looking at it to say to myself, like, okay, how long am I running and how far have I gotten? And that started to take the fun out of my runs. So I immediately decided I am not giving up how great these runs have felt. I'm not giving that up. That is such a joy-filled part of my life now. So I'm not going to have this little piece of technology on my watch if it's going to suck the fun out of this. And I just decided at that point, I couldn't really think about running differently. It was too distracting to see that distance and time together. So I decided to return it. There may be a time in my life where it's easier for me to say those, see those numbers and it's fine to have on my watch, but I just decided to get rid of it because I could see it taking me back to that place of control. And I did not want that. Another example would be flossing. (laughs) I, this year, started the habit of flossing. So what happened was I went to the dentist. I got a really, really, really good deep cleaning. And when I left the dentist, I thought to myself, my teeth feel so good. They feel so clean. They feel better than they ever have. It honestly just feels nice to have a mouth that feels this fresh, this clean. It felt great. So I decided for the first time in my life, yes, the first time in my life, I have never been a consistent flosser. I would love to get consistent at flossing, not because I'm trying to be good or I get to tell the dentist next time that I've flossed every single day, but because I want to keep this feeling of feeling so good. And I think this is something my future self would thank me for that. I started flossing, that I kept it up, that I made it consistent. So if I were to come at this from a place of control, I would have language like I have to floss. I need to floss. You can't skip this. You have to do this every night. That would suck the fun out of it. And I would quickly fall out of the habit of starting to floss. Instead, I use language like flossing is so easy. I pull out my toothbrush and my toothpaste and every single night I pull out my floss at the same time. It's just one step in my nighttime routine. I never question it. I never go into drama in my brain about it. What I mean by that is I never go into the place in my brain where I think or I entertain thoughts that are like, should I really floss tonight? Do I have to? I remind myself, no, you don't have to. You want to. This feels so good. And that has allowed me to consistently, every single night since I made that decision, floss my teeth. And it feels so easy. It truly feels just as easy as brushing my teeth now. So same with food and food control versus coming from a place of food care. Food control looks like using can't 
language. So let's say you do a food allergy test and you get some results back and you realize that you're allergic to dairy and you realize, oh my gosh, maybe that's what's been hurting my stomach all of these years. That's what's been giving me such an upset stomach. So you remove dairy for a couple days and you realize, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. I am going to the bathroom normally. My skin feels great. My mood is great. My energy feels good. Holy cow, I didn't even know I could feel this good. I didn't even know that that was bothering me so much. Well, now what do you do? If you're a person who's trying to eat intuitively and be calm around food and not have rules around food, do you keep the dairy out or do you add it back in just because you're supposed to be able to have whatever you want as an intuitive eater? What I say is you, you keep the dairy out if that's what feels so good for you, but you be really careful your language around it. So, and just the way you think about it. So it is not, I can't have dairy. That's not true. You can, you are an adult woman. You have a refrigerator that probably has cheese and maybe even milk in it. You can go to the fridge and grab some cheese, put it in your hand, put it in your mouth and eat it, (laughs) right? You have the ability to do that. You have hands and arms and a mouth. You can do that. You are allowed. You're allowed to make the choice to go to In-N-Out with your girlfriends and get a cheeseburger, even though you know that that cheese might not leave you feeling well and you don't even have to feel guilty about it. From that place, you get to decide, how would I like to feel? I know I can have cheese anytime that I want it. How would I like to feel? Do I want to feel the good feelings of how I feel when I decide to not have it? Or am I willing to deal with some of the consequences that I have when I do have it? And you start making all of your decisions from that place, from the place of, I know what this action is going to result in. Am I okay with that result just for now and for my future self? And it's always okay to, for example, choose to have the dairy. It's always okay. There's always permission. You just want to start considering how it's going to leave you feeling and start making decisions from a place of, do I want to feel that way 20 minutes from now, three days from now, right? It's just like I can This is an extreme example, but I can go into Target with a credit card with a, let's say $5,000 limit and completely max out that credit card. If I have a credit card in my hand that has $5,000 limit and there's nothing on it, I can go into Target and completely max that out. I'm, I have the card. I'm an adult. There's a cashier. There's plenty of things to buy. I can do that. If I were to ask myself, how would that leave my future self feeling and what place would that put my future self in? Does my future self want that? Would that actually leave me feeling happier than I'm feeling right now? Then I can see, oh no, it sounded fun to just go and spend $5,000 on whatever I want. Maybe I'd buy a whole new wardrobe and super cute things for my house. I'd get all new towels. I'd get all this, you know, fun food, fill, fill my fridge up. I'd get fridge organizers, right? 
and I could spend, I could spend all of that. Like, it's totally fine. Go wild, do it. But when I really think about, okay, would that actually leave me feeling happier than I'm feeling right now? A few days from now, when I'm home, I've already bought the stuff and I open up my bank statement online and I see that there's $5,000 there that I have to pay back. Would that actually leave me feeling happy? Then you can come to the place of, it kind of brings you down off that mountain high, right? It's, oh yeah, no. It was kind of exciting to think about how I could do that. I don't really want to. Maybe the same thing with food. It was kind of exciting to think of how I could go to In-N-Out and get the cheeseburger and the chocolate shake. All of that sounded so good and I got kind of excited about it. But when I really thought about, okay, well, how will that leave me feeling? I decided, you know what? That's actually not going to leave me feeling happier than I'm feeling right now. Got a little bit excited about the food, but I'm going to be most excited about this girl's day that I'm having. And I'm going to get the food that will taste great. Still, it's in and out. It's going to taste great and will leave me feeling good so that I can keep my energy. I can make a choice that feels like body care. It's going to leave me feeling good. That will actually leave me feeling even happier than I'm feeling right now. That will leave me feeling good, right? So that is the difference between body care and body control. You are not making decisions from a place of controlling the size of your body and your weight. You're not making decisions from a place of controlling your food, controlling your exercise, putting limits. Just ask yourself, is what I'm doing sucking the fun out of the decisions I'm trying to make to feel better? If so, you're probably coming from a place of body control. Instead, work toward making more decisions from a place of body care making decisions for your future self. If you want some support in this, this is what I coach around. Come and get support. I can be your coach every single month uh, as you are a member in Aligned Coaching. So come and join us, get some support. I will root you on, help you navigate what body care looks like for you. And you will be able to be a woman who can say that she does this, who can say, I make all of my decisions or 90% of them from a place of body care and feel the freedom that comes with that. You'll get to be an example to your friends, to your kids, to your family, and you will experience more feelings of freedom than you ever have. And the best part about all of this, you no longer have to think about dieting or control because you will start to feel good every single day. Do that for a couple of years and see how your life changes. You will be amazed. (laughs) I hope you loved this episode. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. Who is your coach? If you don't have one, I'd love to be yours. If you're ready to take what you're learning on this podcast to the next level and apply it to your life, come check out Aligned Coaching. Coaching with me, where we will address challenges, work toward your goals, and you will have a safe space to grow into the you you want to be. We have group coaching calls, 
written coaching where you can submit a question anytime, and Zoom hangouts to connect with other women in the community. We also have hours of courses and content that I've created just for you. Come join us at pageschmidt.com forward slash coaching.